0: Hello and welcome to episode 10, A Voice in the Modern Wilderness. This is your host, Greg Walden. We are going to get into a series of very important subject material that will span several episodes. I was going to go into detail about 2 Chronicles 7.14 from episode 7, but this will be postponed until a future episode. A more pressing issue has arisen and I believe needs to be addressed, and it is a sensitive subject. As I stated early on in my podcast series, this podcast series will dive into all issues from a biblical perspective and will not be politically correct. I shared a news story about a pastor who was arrested in Canada for preaching about homosexuality, which is one of the two I will share below, and shared it to my Facebook page and got a reply from a friend whom I will not name, and I have deleted that post, as to protect that person's identity out of respect as this podcast is not designed to call anyone out, but rather to discuss this topic because the person brought up common points from a supporter of LGBTQ rights. My friend's first quote was, quote, I will never understand why someone believes someone else's life choice is their business. How does someone choosing to be homosexual negatively impact this pastor. Love is love, and when religion becomes so judgmental that it preaches to people about who they can or cannot be, then to me it does more damage than good. Unquote. Friend goes on to another reply, quote, I say everyone is entitled to their opinions, I suppose. It isn't ever my place to judge someone else's choice that doesn't impact me personally. I personally believe that my body is simply a vessel and that what I experience here is temporary, which I know is an extreme thought to many. My soul has lived before and will live on beyond this earth, so it is challenging for me to get stuck on forming thoughts such as you mention. I won't go down a rabbit hole of discussing something so deep on social media. I honor your views and opinions as I know they are just as valuable and worthy as my own. First, I want to thank my friend for being civil and respectful. My friend offered the opinion that they had and did it respectfully, and I want to thank them for that. Uh, It's a great thing in our American society when we can have these discussions and be civil and respectful to someone whom we may have a disagreement with. So I want to thank my friend uh, publicly for this. I ran into two news stories about pastors who have been negatively affected by their stance on the subject of homosexuality, and this is the subject of today's episode. What are Christians to do about homosexuality? On June 4, 2019, Pastor David Lynn of Christ Forgiveness Ministries was arrested in Toronto, Canada for preaching the gospel publicly in the Church Wellesley Village neighborhood. This neighborhood is known to be where many LGBTQ people reside. Here is an excerpt from that story. Quote, The entire time of preaching was live-streamed via Facebook and can be found on YouTube. Throughout the video, it is surprising to see the reaction of those who were listening to Len's preaching. The more love he poured out, the more hate and resistance he received. As anyone can see if they view the video, Pastor Lynn was respectful and kind throughout all of his time preaching. As he shared the gospel, he also made statements like, We are here to tell you that we hate nobody. He emphasized God's love again and again. He proceeded to ask those protesting him if they would be willing to tolerate him as a Christian. But those listening were unwilling to dialogue and many asked him to leave the street corner. Throughout the encounter, he was very calm and collected, not entering into any disrespectful or conmatory dialogue. Canada does have hate speech laws. However, there is no way Lynn's preaching could be deemed as hate speech, he stated while preaching. Everyone is accepted, and that is what we preach as Christians. In order to not make anyone listening feel singled out, He said, Jesus died for the sinner. Every heterosexual has sinned. Every homosexual has sinned. Sin is when we violate the laws of God. He did not target any particular group of people or single out homosexuality. Though he was very loving throughout the entire encounter, tensions escalated and people began to form a mob of protest around him. As he tried to walk away from the most adamant protesters, they crowded in on him and would not let him move. Throughout the encounter, as he tried to walk away from them, they pressed in on him and blocked him. At times, they even pressed their bodies against him, which in technically is assault. When the police arrived, rather than dealing with those who were assaulting Pastor Lynn, the police blamed him for creating a disturbance of peace. Even upon his request to deal with those who had assaulted him, the police would not listen to him. His crime was just telling them God loves them, and it was enough to get him arrested and even considered being charged with a hate crime. You might say, well, that is Canada. What does it have to do with us here in the United States? Well, let me answer that. On January 6, 2019, Pastor Justin Hoke who was pastor at the Trinity Bible Presbyterian Church near Weed, California, after members threatened to leave after a church sign at his church, was posted stating, quote, Bruce Jenner is still a man, homosexuality is still sin, the culture may change, the Bible does not. Let's read an excerpt from that news story. Quote, A Northern California pastor has begrudgingly stepped down as members threatened to leave after he posted a church sign that called transgender celebrity Caitlyn Bruce Jenner a man and stated that homosexuality is still a sin. Justin Hoke, who formerly served as pastor at Trinity Bible Presbyterian Church in the town of Weed in Siskiro County, took to Facebook to announce that he is leaving the church. His departure comes following protest and vandalism in response to his church sign. On New Year's Eve, Hoke used his personal Facebook page to post a picture of the sign outside of the church that read, Bruce Jenner is still a man, homosexuality is still sin, the culture may change, but the Bible does not. The sign incited a pro-LGBT love rally demonstration Sunday morning before Hoke's weekly service on January 6th. Additionally, the church sign and the message was vandalized last week. The organizers of the rally say they don't know of anyone involved in the vandalism and condemned the act. As of today, I am no longer the pastor of Trinity Bible Presbyterian Church, Hoke wrote in a Saturday Facebook post. In the post, Hoke felt the need to communicate what has taken place. He stated that he was informed by an elder that the elder could no longer follow his lead as pastor of the church. Hoke added that he was also told by essentially all but one couple in membership that they would leave the church if Hoke did not step down. Our other elder and the couple felt that those who left would likely return if I would leave, Hoke wrote. Our other elder was agreeable to stay and assume their pastoral responsibilities. Therefore, it was determined that it would be in the best interest of the local body for the Hoke family to part ways in the church. On Monday, Hoke updated the Facebook post to explain that he did not want to leave the church. I did not quit, and I was willing to stay, Hoke asserted. Let's get into the meat of the Facebook respondents' posts. I will call him Bob to keep it simple. We're going to break them down here first part of Bob's quote, I will never understand why someone believes someone else's life choice is their business. Unquote. This statement is the basis for anarchy. All laws in a civilized society are based on a set of values that society enforces upon the people of said society, which means that someone's life choices is going to be someone's business depending on what life choices they are. For example, someone commits theft in a store. That is a life choice. By Bob's statement, why should Bob be held accountable for his life choice, since it's no one else's business? If a person makes a life choice that is not detrimental to the morality of society and the rule of law, then it is no one else's business. But if those life choices are detrimental to the morality of society and the rule of law, it is others' business. Next quote: "Love is love, and when religion becomes so judgmental that it preaches to people about who they can or cannot be, then to me it does more damage than good. Unquote. Love is what God defines it to be. God invented love, and man has no right to redefine it. Marriage was defined by God, and man has no right or authority to redefine it. When love is applied to something that is unnatural and sinful in God's eyes, it is not love, but perversion. God addresses this in Romans 1, verse 18-32. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. For what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from His workmanship, so that men are without excuse. For although although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and darkened in their foolish hearts. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images of mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the desires of their hearts to impurity for the dishonoring of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is forever worthy of praise. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to dishonorable passions. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. Likewise, the men abandoned natural relations with women and burned with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in, in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, he gave them up to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent new forms of evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, merciless, Although they know God's righteous righteous decree that those who do such things are worthy of death, they not only continue to do those things, but also approve of those who practice them. Homosexuality is not love, nor is it part of genes that someone is born with. It is a result of a depraved mind after rejecting God's truth. When you reject the truth, the only thing left to believe is a lie homosexuality is just one lie from the pit of hell, and for those who pervert what love that God has defined it to be, then that is one sin that the person can subject themselves into. The next quote from Bob. I say everyone is entitled to their opinions, I suppose. It isn't ever my place to judge someone else's choice that doesn't impact me personally. Unquote. Right. Right. We are all entitled to our opinions, but what I am talking about is God's truth about homosexuality. Like anything else in this life, it does not really matter what my opinion or your opinion is. It matters what God says about the subject. We are not here to judge the sinner. God is the judge. But we are here to warn the sinner of the judgment of God if they reject Christ as their Savior. The just nature of God will be the subject of a separate podcast which I encourage you to listen to when it comes out soon. And the fact is all sinners, homosexuals included, will face the judgment of God if they reject the salvation that God offers through Jesus Christ. Revelation 21 verse 8 states, But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, Those who practice magic arts, the adulterers, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. This is what judgment for the homosexual, along with all other sinners, will be, and that judgment comes from God, to whom we are all accountable too. As we stated earlier, Bob repeats his statement of others' life, choices impacting him personally. I'm going to tell you the truth of the homosexual movement in this country and in other countries where it has advanced farther than it has here in the United States. In Canada and Great Britain, the choices of people to be homosexual have already impacted others. Pastors in both nations have been arrested and jailed for speaking God's truth about the subject of homosexuality, and it will happen here in America unless this movement is stopped. Because the life choice of homosexuals has never been about Adam and Steve being able to live a homosexual lifestyle in the privacy of their own home, which would be none of anyone's business. That is a lifestyle those two would have to answer to God for one day. The life choices of homosexuals is a movement to force society to accept their lifestyle as normal, which does affect everyone. Thus, it is everyone's business. The homosexual movement has made it everyone's business. And their agenda, if you do not agree with their lifestyle as legitimate, they want you silenced, and part of being silenced is being tossed in jail if you speak out against it. These two examples above that I talked about earlier, show that it has happened in other countries and is on its way to happen here in the U.S. if it is not stopped. Next, Bob quote, I personally believe that my body is simply a vessel and that what I experience here is temporary, which I know is an extreme thought to many. Unquote. Bob is actually correct in this statement. Even though Bob does not believe in God, Bob has actually expressed a belief that is actually correct. The Bible states how we are to handle our vessel, which is our body. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3-8 states, For it is God's will that you should be holy. You must abstain from sexual immorality. Each of you must know how to control his own body in holiness and honor not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. And no one should ever violate or exploit his brother in this regard, because the Lord will avenge all such acts, as we have already told you and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us to impurity, but to holiness. Anyone, then, who rejects this command does not reject man, but God, the very one who gives you his Holy Spirit. And Bob is right that what you experience here is temporary. Of course, Bob makes here appear as there are going to be many versions of here, but in reality, there is only one here. That is, the life you are living on earth here right now. James 4 verse 14 Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, and then vanishes. Next, Bob quote, My soul has lived before and will live on beyond this earth, so it is challenging for me to get stuck on forming thoughts such as you mention. Bob apparently believes in reincarnation or some form of reincarnation, but unfortunately, Bob is wrong. The Bible mentions you, your spirit, and your soul are formed at the moment you are conceived. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. However, Bob is right that you will live beyond this earth because you have an immortal soul. Your physical body will die one day, but your soul will live beyond. And the Bible lists only two places. That soul will go for all eternity. Hint, another physical body on earth in any new lives is not one of them, and neither is life on another planet. This life here is not a video game. There are no three lives for a quarter. The Bible states, There are two places a soul will go after physical death, and these places are eternal, meaning once you go there, you are there for forever, forever, forever forever eternity and those two places are one heaven two hell that's it which destination your soul ends up in for all eternity depends on what you do with Jesus Christ and the message of the gospel what the preacher in Canada was arrested for was preaching the gospel this message and how you respond to it determines where your eternal soul will reside for all eternity after your death on earth. If you watch the YouTube video of this pastor preaching, you can easily see the true reality of what I am going to quote from the Bible in Jesus' own words with your very own eyes. It is one of the most humbling and, in my opinion, scariest things Jesus says regarding the gospel. Matthew 7:13 through 14 Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. As you watched that YouTube video, most, pretty much all, of the hearers of the gospel from this pastor were rejecting it taking that wide road that leads to destruction as Jesus mentioned. They had no interest in hearing that God loves them and desires for them to be set free and saved from their sin. They wanted this pastor to get out of their community and shut up, which after he was arrested, they got their wish. Next quote from Bob. And when religion becomes so judgmental that it preaches to people about who they can or cannot be, then to me it does more damage than good. This statement by Bob deserves its own highlight. Sinners get the wrong picture about what being judgmental is. Christians who are preaching the gospel are not judging you as a sinner. Christians are no better than a sinner. We have just simply experienced Christ's love for ourselves and responded to that love in faith and receiving the forgiveness of our sins that Christ paid for on the cross. We do not come to the sinner and say, Look at me, how better I am than you are, because we are just as undeserving of God's mercy and grace as you are. We do, however, preach that God does judge sin. He judged sin in the past, He will judge it in the present, and He will judge it in the future. The just nature of God, which we will cover in a future podcast, is very important and needs to be preached just right there along with the love nature of God. We preach that each person will stand before God alone and give an account for our lives, our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. God's angels have written down all of those, and those deeds will be exposed for all to see all the secret sins, the open sins you will be exposed at that day of judgment. This is why we need forgiveness of our sins, and Jesus Christ is the only one who can forgive those sins and wash them all away. The gospel is the good news that even though we cannot do anything to earn forgiveness from God, as we are all sinners and destined for hell, God made a way through the sacrifice of His only Son, Jesus Christ, to take the substitution for the judgment that would have fallen on us upon himself. The wages of sin is death. That means hell. Romans 6.23 states, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. John 3.16-17 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. The core belief of the gospel is this. Jesus is the Son of God. He came to this world in the virgin birth as God coming to us as man. He lived a sinless life. He was bruised, beaten, and nailed to the cross to take the judgment of sin upon himself. He rose again on the third day, which verified he is the risen Messiah, the Christ, and he will return again for his church. You just now heard the gospel. Jesus did this on his own free will, out of love for all humanity, desiring no one perish, that means spend an eternity in hell. Second Peter three nine The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Going back to those two eternal locations heaven, or hell. Which one you spend eternity depends on how you respond to the gospel you just heard now. If you end up in hell, it isn't because God sent you. It is because you sent yourself. God makes this clear whose choice it is where you spend eternity. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 This day I call the heavens and earth The earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. The purpose of the gospel is to present you with the choice of life and death. God and the believers plead with you to choose life. This goes beyond just to the homosexual. It goes out to all sinners. How are Christians to deal with homosexuals? With love. We do not hate homosexuals. We do not hate any sinners. When we preach the gospel to homosexuals and other sinners, we are showing an act of love in itself as we are pointing them to the one who can save them from their sins and deliver them from all ungodly lifestyles, to make them clean, born again, a new creature who does not have to be ashamed to have new life and that life more abundantly. God's desire for the homosexual is for them to come to Jesus who will forgive their sins, heal their mind from the depravity it has caused, deliver them from the addiction to the lifestyle and set them free to live a life that is pleasing to God and an abundant life that will lead others to the same forgiveness and deliverance that they experienced and then to have an eternity in heaven free from the judgment of God for their sins. In closing, God loves all people and His goal for all people is that they come to Him through salvation in Jesus Christ and avoid the horrible judgment that they will receive if they reject Jesus Christ as their Savior. The message of the Gospel is salvation and freedom through Jesus Christ. Do you want to experience love? There is no greater love than the love that God gives. The love you experience here in this life is temporary and fleeting. The love God gives goes beyond human understanding and is eternal. Thank you for listening to this episode of Voice in the Modern Wilderness. It is the goal of this podcast channel to reach the lost for Christ and promote national revival in our nation. If you want to be saved today, you can pray and God will hear you. I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I am not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. The Bible says, if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I will be saved. Romans 10 verse 9. I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to wish all my listeners a blessed day. And look forward to seeing you in the next episode of Voice in the Modern Wilderness. God bless you.